there anything else you wanted to share with those listening that about yourself and yeah. about your story? Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I love uh, Meraki and I, what you were saying about that is, uh, you know, it's it's curiosity, it's passion, it's the soul. Like there's things we know on a surface level, but the depths of the soul and the hard work you mentioned is getting to the depths of that mysteriousness, which makes mm. up life, you know? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I have a poetry book. I would love to gift it to you and your wife. It's called A Lover's Fairy Tale. Everyone can get it on Amazon, uh, loversfairytale.com. And, you know, I, I love language. I love words. Growing up Greek, I was raised with Aristotle and Plato, like The Republic mm. by mm. Plato is my favorite book, and Socrates, and I always joke I'm... Socrates' spiritual younger sister. And, you know, his um, definition of a philosopher is a person, a seeker who's a lover of wisdom. And I feel I am that. And language, you know, growing up with Himes and, you know, going into the church and, and all that. And I had this independent space of being Greek and being very independent growing up in outside of Detroit, Michigan. Mm. Um, I loved quotes and I, I read poetry. And um, then I found on my journey when I was publishing my first book, A Lover's Fairy Tale, that, um, you know, there's certain poets that write about certain things. And I found, oh, I'm a poet that always writes about love. I always mm. write about imagination mm. and love. And so when people are so linear or they're doing just all the mundane things all the time. Mm. Like that's why music, you know, is so mm. important and it moves through our soul. It's, it's language that we, you know, can't express, but we can feel if we try to express it, it doesn't come out because it's that, you know, um, it's that, um, that transparent feeling that mm. can't be equated to words in mm. such a way, but poetry and all this curiosity, moves us out of our routine, move us out of our, our psyche. You know, mm. um, I read a book by um, Alejandro Younger. Mm. Um, he's from Uruguay. It's called Clean. And he's a uh, New York Times bestseller three times now. And the 12th chapter talks about quantum detoxification. You were saying the psyche. So mm. we have our environmental toxins of, mm. you know, our families and our communities and people are saying things and we attune to it or we don't. Um, there's our physical toxins, you know, in our prod and our products. Um, there's also, like you said, the 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 mental, you know, um, toxins in our mind, and to dismantle the psyche in such a way. And mm. I just went. I've gone through many transitions, and right now, in end of 2022, going into 2023, I call it retiring. Like I'm I'm retiring from what I thought I wanted, from what I thought I knew, from what expectations i had of myself i'm retiring and it's just like this psychic knowing psyche knowing from within that i'm retiring and throwing in the towel and i'm done with that doesn't mean i'm done with life i'm mm. just retiring from the things that i thought to create space for accumulative of what i know mm. and and making a lighter load for you know where i want to go in the continuum Mm -hmm. um, also, there's this woman, Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S. She's a mystic intuitive from Chicago. Your mm -hmm. wife probably knows her. But um, she has a uh, TED Talk called Choices. And mm -hmm. people think the macro choices, breaking up with someone, getting a divorce, moving, are the macro choices. Those are actually the micro choices, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're not the macro choices. The macro choices are you know, showing up for this podcast, waking up in the morning, brushing our teeth. Mm -hmm. It's the micro choices that make up the macro you know yeah. 
And so um, she's a wordsmith. I idolize her. I follow her lead. She's amazing. Caroline Mice. She's a, a, a great study if anyone wants to tune into that. Yeah, you know, I, I heard a, a, a quote that said, you know, a hero is somebody who's braver five minutes longer than everybody else. You know, and, and, and I think in a lot of ways that's true. I, I guess let, let me leave you with this story. I, I There was a nurse who, when I first met her on the unit where I get treated, um, she was already a nurse, but she was learning the ins and outs of that unit. She was about 25 years old. And about eight months later, she was taking care of me by herself. And she came in and she said, you know, Tara, I've got the story I want to tell you, but I'm a little uncomfortable telling it to you. I, I didn't really know how to respond to that. I'm like, well, it sounds like I might enjoy the story. I hope you decide you want to tell me. And she's in and out over the next couple of hours and then finally comes in, sits down on the bed. And she's like, all right, here's the story. She said, when I first met you, she said I was going to get out of nursing. She said, I had a very good friend of mine die. I was in a very dark place. I had talked to my parents. I was going to quit nursing and I was going to go to work for Amazon. And then I met you and I watch how you struggle every day you're here and, and how you react to your medication. And then I went back in your chart and I read about everything you've had done, your amputations, the medicines you're on, the surgeries you've had. And she said, after reading your story, I knew I was where, where I was supposed to be. Now, if she would have never told me that story, I would have had no idea that my life had had a positive impact on her. Mm. I think we tend to get in a situation where we look at ourselves and say, you know, we're damaged. You know, we, we can't do anything. You know, yeah, we're all damaged. And, mm. and if you're really damaged, you become an outlier. And if you're an outlier, you have a unique perspective and a unique opportunity to change the world. So when you get into those things where you think, I can't do anything, I, you know, nobody cares about me, I'm no good, I, you know, you should just throw me away and be done. There, are, I guarantee you, there are people out there that are looking at you and saying, oh my gosh, that person has so much confidence. Look at what they're doing mm. with their lives. So we see ourselves as negative, other people see us as incredibly power, positive and powerful. So I'll, I'll end with this quote again from John Wooden who said, a careful person I want to be, a little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. So whenever you're feeling dark, whenever you're feeling ugly, and we all get into that, I feel that way from time to time myself, realize there are people out there that you don't even know that are watching you and, and, and just looking at you and saying, what an incredibly powerful individual Robert is, Terry is, whoever that is. So realize that you are leading or setting an example for people that you don't even know. Oh, this to me, this is all about growth. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're the person you were yesterday is not who you are today and it's not who you're going to be tomorrow. Um, every day you're growing, even if you don't realize it, um, the things that you experience, the things that you go through, they make an impact on you, whether it be consciously or subconsciously. Um, and your, you know, the, your response to it is, is growth. Um, you know, so, um, you, for you to, to say that, you know, yourself, mm. you have to, you have to like, just like this quote says, you have to kind of put an asterisk near it because mm. you don't fully know yourself. You know who you are right now, but mm -hmm. who you, who you're going to be five years from now is going to be drastically different. Um, I, I was reading, um, one of my favorite, uh, people to, to listen to, um, he uh, preaches and does uh, mm -hmm. different talks. Uh, his name is Ty Gibson. Mm -hmm. And um, just the other day, he, he mentioned something on social media 
how he had an idea um, or an opinion. There was an opinion that he held, and only recently did he change his opinion, which is you know that's fine. And a gentleman came up to him and um, said, "Hey, I you know that opinion that you had, that was the right opinion. You shouldn't have changed your opinion." And he was very upset, like, "How dare you change your opinion?" Mm. And Tigus was like, "Oh well, you know I." did some more research on it i thought more about it and i changed my mind and it was a great like i feel great about the fact that i was able to change how mm -hmm. i felt change my opinion mm -hmm. and the guy was just so upset like how how dare you change your opinion mm -hmm. but <clears throat> kind of like what you were mentioning as part of being human um mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. that incompleteness we are we're we're never going to be at a point on our own where we are perfect mm -hmm. and so understanding that and coming to grips with that helps you understand and realize that you have to continue to grow um mm. day by day then that, that may mean changing your opinions that may mean mm. um you know the way that you reacted yesterday you need to to grow and learn that you have to react a different way today um and yeah. i think the i think the beauty of it is um you know from for me um i i lean heavily on my faith my mm. faith teaches me that you know i am incomplete but i believe in a god that will complete me and will mm. complete work in me and so um that i i feel reassured with that um mm. you know i'm incomplete and that's okay i don't need to, to try and complete myself on my own i just need to grow and mm. and god will take care of the rest so i think community is important but any final thoughts you would like to share with those listening today um maybe uh, i will i will say something what can be helpful here Mm -hmm. uh, and in my opinion, it's uh, it's your openness, it's your readiness, uh, and that's the like the the main point here, I guess. Be ready to to make some changes, but but also listen to other people who who have ideas too. Mm -hmm. uh, also, like work together because. Uh, that uh that is the advantage uh in community that we have people all around us uh, we are not alone um so stay in touch like with your community be there for those people like take care uh if they need something um if you want to like have a better connection with other people uh plan organize something together uh all those points are, are connected somehow uh, i mean safe community for me is when we take care about each other when we are aware of changes that happen uh talk about those changes talk about possible risks uh, but also keep something what is ours like our thing uh, like for example, our meetings every Friday at I don't know 8 p.m. Just just to spend some time together to mm. talk to celebrate, yeah, uh, and um, avoid situation when you lose contact. I mean, when you lose this connection and neglect meeting meetings, ignore ignore each other, like close for everything. Uh, like act like you were in a happy bubble without problems it's, it's not a solution because um, it's not like uh it's always funny and it's always good in our life mm -hmm. uh, as a community we should be open also for for challenges uh, that we that the world uh gives us so uh 
I think uh, with that keeping on mind, uh, I mean being open, taking care of each other, but also stay in touch as a group. It's possible for the community to stay strong, actually. That's a, that's a great question, by the way. I think from uh, from my experiences, uh, just talking to a trusted friend, family member, or even a mental health professional mm-hmm. was uh, very helpful for me. Uh, just simply having someone to listen offer support, I think it can definitely make a huge difference in the situation. And uh, just practicing self-care. Like you said before, you know, uh, it really is about the self, the person, the individual accepting it and choosing to take a stand for what uh, is transpiring within them. And that can be exercising, meditation, Mm -hmm. prayer and devotion, spending Mm -hmm. time with nature. I think that improves a whole lot when it comes down to your mood and also, you know, alleviate stress. But uh, on the other hand, you know, just bottling up your emotions is just not the best way to go. Mm. Bottling up your emotions and not seeking help can uh, worsen the situation to a point where you can start turning towards uh, unhealthy coping mechanisms such as substance abuse, self-harm or uh, just doing something irrational. And these Mm. only provide temporary relief compared to something that can really benefit you in the future. We have built-in forgetters. <laughs> right? um, so a silent healing to me um, speaks to, again, you know, how PTSD can be the disease of despair mm-hmm. and, um, and, and how unnecessary that really should be, right? Mm-hmm. It, that it shouldn't be that. It should be that um, the meaning of a silent healing should mean that there is an awakening that yeah. there's you know there's growth but yeah. it, uh, it unfortunately because of the way we we deal with ptsd and trauma it doesn't end up being that way so it does become this turtling in this pain and you know an unspeakable kind of or unspoken mm-hmm. uh, uh persistent uh, disease if you will so um and that's dis-ease as mm-hmm. well disease right because we're not we're not comfortable in our body we're not comfortable with our thoughts or emotions or feelings um so you know i think that ptsd awareness month uh, i think it should be ptsd awareness period right exactly yeah but it really should be thought of as a new beginning yeah someone comes and and we have an opportunity to help right Mm -hmm. to facilitate the healing um, this is a new path for healing individuals and our community and our society as a whole. Mm. And I think that PTSD Awareness Month should be remembered as an opportunity for spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. spiritual growth, because mm. we, we can go into that darkness and we can find the light. Having gone through, Robert, um, some some mental episodes, yeah. right? We all go through it. Yeah. Um, people think like, for example, depression, mm. it's like you go, you go get better and you never get it again. No, I, I see depression like as yeah. a cold. You get it from yeah. time to time, you yeah. know, it's like a, it's, a, it's like whether you can function or you can't function, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in those times when you're trying to make a decision, mm. it's very hard to make a decision that's really true to the moment mm. at the same time true to your idea of your or your vision for yourself 
because if you say like for example if you're a naturally grateful person naturally on a good day and suddenly you have a bad day you receive bad news and then you're like okay now i want to make myself feel happy again um i'm going to list 10 things i'm grateful for but then like these are the things that you know you're normally grateful for but you're mm-hmm. just not feeling it it's really akin to lying to yourself mm. right so what has helped is like being in your body and being in your mind and being in the moment maybe not so much your mind because your mind can really take you out of the time where you are um either in the future or the past but really like sort of like pausing mm-hmm. pausing is help because it lets you settle down lets your mm-hmm. mind settle down and be honoring of what you need at that time mm-hmm. what also helps is having people around you who you know um do not have an agenda mm. you know who are interested in your well-being your health your 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 you know that your life is full of joy or has joy if it's not completely full of it you know like people who just think the best of you and even if it's just one best friend or two you know think of you know um eor yeah 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 i remember right him. right so he's not trying to be anybody else if he's you know overthinking it or or miserable but he has people around him um and and that's super important that's a structure the path of least resistance is really like when someone you trust and love mm-hmm. and you know cares for you comes in and says hey here's a safe space for you to ball your eyes out mm-hmm. and then you'll be better again and you can make that decision that you need to make this way this is the barker conversation it says Some people think that they're in the community, but they're only in proximity. True community requires commitment and openness. It is a willingness to extend yourself to account to encounter and know the other. What comes to mind when you hear this quote? When I hear that, two things come to mind. First, uh to remember that we are the same. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. And we feel that maybe sometimes we're alone or but we're all the same the basic needs of humans the human human beings are the same with the six uh, basic basic needs and the other thing is be willing to be vulnerable because mm. when you are vulnerable first of all first of all you can get supported mm. and you give permission to the person in front of you to be vulnerable as well and that way you can really connect from the heart and form a real community heart to heart Yeah, so it's interesting that you brought up culture because I think in the United States, at least, um, we are very um, individualistic. Like we were very, we kind of like to do our own thing and have control mm-hmm. and um, be very private in our lives mm-hmm. and keep everything to ourselves versus doing things more as a community or a neighborhood or like extended family. You know, I think a lot of other cultures are much more like that where they are, they more see it as a group or a family or a tribe or, you know, just, Mm -hmm. so there's more of a, a feeling of belonging that can come with other cultures. I've lived overseas some and I've experienced that and think that's very powerful. And I think that's something that, um, living in the United States is it can it can be hard in some ways because we don't naturally have that unless you try to create it which mm. in my experience I have found a lot of resistance because people like 
their privacy. Mm-hmm. They like to be in their own house. They like to, mm-hmm. you know, they don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like yeah. people intruding on them. Even like when we, we try to have all of our neighbors over for dinner and like, you know, just kind of, and sometimes they're like, why, why do you want us have over, you know, why do you want to have us over for dinner? And I'm like, mm. well, because we're trying to, you know, build community. We're trying to <laughs> be yeah, in each yeah. other's lives. And um, so I just, yeah, I think there's so much value in having, because we all go through difficult times, different difficult things, even if it's not the same thing, there's so much value in having um, this, the stability of being a part of something and, mm. and having different gifts, different talents, different, you know, we all are so different the way that we are built and made our personalities, our gifts. And so being able to kind of draw on each other's strengths mm. and like help each other out and their, our weaknesses is just so beautiful. And it's something I think we miss out on if we, um, are just, just keep it, everything to ourselves. Well, well, my history is fascinating, and I'm still amazed by it. You know, in 2003, I was told by a world-leading neurologist that I had better get my affairs in order because I had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and I had six months to live. Now, that was a crushing blow. I was Mm -hmm. a leading cosmetic surgeon. To be Mm -hmm. told that, it was like, oh, my God. So I literally went through all the phases that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross says in her book on death and dying. I went through anger. You know, I could have bitten the head off nails. Everybody around me knew I was angry. I went through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. I went through denial. There's nothing wrong. I can do anything but my right hand and my right leg were weak. They couldn't do things. But I was smart. I was a a very ambidextrous person. So instead of being a right-handed surgeon, I became a left-handed surgeon. I invented tools that didn't even exist back then to keep myself going. But the worst phase is when you go through depression. Depression Mm. is a very, very bad thing. That's where you can stay in bed all day, looking at the ceiling and saying, "There's why am I doing anything? I'm going to die anyhow. I might as well not do anything. And I know there's dozens, if not hundreds of people out there that are in the depressed stage right now. And if you are, please seek out help because it's an evil, evil thing. In fact, I got so depressed, I was going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But before I did that, I went to my wife, who's a beautiful lady, and I said, dear, what do I have? And she said, I haven't got the faintest idea, but you're smart. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I laughed at her. I said, mm-hmm. I've seen hundreds of doctors. How can you figure that out? And she came up with this beautiful wisdom saying, perhaps you haven't seen the right doctor yet. Well, so far. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I live a little bit in um, a constant state of grief. Um, my daughter has a terminal illness, so we live in pretty much anticipatory grief. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've lost my mom once my daughter was diagnosed. And you're right; these holidays are very different. Um, 
in one sense there's a little bit more pressure because I feel the pressure to still make it great. And and now that pressure is on me, right? You know what I mean? Like when you were a kid, somebody else did it for you and mm. um, you know, made it all happen. Um and now now that comes down to me and me putting it on. Um, but I don't know, you know, I seem I, I actually feel like I enjoy the holidays more now as an as as an adult, even though there's that extra, because I get to decide what they look like. And so this has been a theme ever since my daughter was diagnosed that we actually get to look, we actually get to decide what life looks like, what our home looks like, what that looks like. And so we get to decide if things are like a no or like a heck yes, right? And so like, I don't have to, if I don't want to, which I didn't over Thanksgiving. I'm in Canada, so we just had Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, I didn't cook a turkey because I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, um, now that I'm older, I can decide um, what, you know, like what are the things that I want to, you know, put my energy into and, and what actually makes this a great time, right? For, mm-hmm. for everybody and, and makes everybody feel loved and, and cared for. Learn in this this platform too i want to ask you as we wrap up what would you want people to be reminded it's yeah it's just december but it is the end of the month uh, end of the year and what would you want to be reminded regarding you know finding hope in whatever story they're in and any final thoughts you want to share yeah so yeah so i i'll i'll again uh quote uh, something from my book. Uh, actually, I saw this in a, a movie called Frozen Two. So, mm-hmm. what happens exactly is the 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 protagonist Anna is also faced with a very tough task of saving her, the kingdom, saving her sister, and all those things. Okay, so then she's reminded of one thing, which is do the next right thing. It is mm-hmm. it's all about doing the next right thing. So. The problem, uh, Robert, I see is many times when we face a lot of overwhelm, right? So we we want to wish uh, just like uh, from uh, New York to San Diego or San Francisco, you want to go. So it's it's about going one mile at a time. So you can uh, or uh, there, there's always a saying like, how do you climb a mountain? W- one step at a time. So it is it is all about that. So focus on doing the next right thing. And then once you're done with that right thing, then focus on the next right thing. So it is not that you will not make mistakes, but at least you will break down the big thing into some smaller manageable things. And once you, even if you uh, make that mistake, it's much better than procrastinating because many times uh, when you think and keep thinking, it, it goes into that analysis paralysis mode and nothing gets happened. So it's about doing the next right thing. And uh, yeah, so I definitely would suggest and uh, say like, I, I, I'm a much better person right now. It's only because I asked for help and I was vulnerable. So in fact, there's a TED talk by, I, if I remember the person name, it's called Bernie Brown. And the TED Talks title is The Power of Vulnerability. So she talks about how uh, people have that mask of being superhuman. But only when you are vulnerable and you are ready to ask for help, that is when things change. And that's the beauty of being human. So this is what I would uh, say, Robert.